Dad's noses pressed against the windowpane with renewed excitement. Unfamiliar landscapes swept past all around them, and the clatter of iron wheels against iron rails and the hypnotic sway of the coach carried them onward. Devon put away the paper and leaned back with his hat down over his eyes. He dozed, then came awake under the hat, listening to the boys talk. I read that there are over 55,000 people living in the district, Brad was saying. Gosh! Danny pointed at the lingering patches of snow that clung to the north side of the trees and rocks. Yeah, Danny, we're probably 10,000 feet high. I read where snow sometimes lingers on until July or August. Think there's any Indians? No, not no more. Used to be Utes living around here, but they moved on. Mostly just miners now. Danny looked out the window again and then heard the rustle of paper and turned back as Brad unfolded a yellow newspaper clipping. He frowned, recalling why they had come, and said, Brad, you think you ought to? A gleam flashed in Brad's eyes as he reread the paper. He glanced up. Sure, why not? No one will know but you and me. Ma and Pa will never find out. But it ain't right. Says who? Brad came back defensively. Danny shrugged his small shoulders. Anyway, what will Aunt Lucy say when we aren't on the train when it pulls into Trinidad? We'll send her a telegram telling her we got off the train in Colorado Springs and it left without us. We'll be back by morning and she won't know no difference. Danny frowned unhappily. I don't like lying to Ken. You ain't gonna tell her? No, Brad. I wouldn't do that to you. But I don't like it none the better. You worry too much, Danny. Look. He shoved the clipping in front of Danny's face. See? We'll have great fun. Danny wasn't so sure. He looked back out the window. Devon yawned, removed the hat from his face, and sat up, glancing out the window. We're almost there, boys. Brad straightened around in his seat. Yes, sir. The conductor was by a while ago and said we'd be arriving at 10.50. Right on schedule. 10.50, huh? I wonder what time it would be now. From an inside pocket, Brad drew out a shiny gold pocket watch. When the cover snapped open, the watch began to play Yankee Doodle. Ten-forty now, he said. That's a fancy watch you got there, son. Mind if I take a look? Brad hesitated, but the car was filled with other travelers. Security in numbers, Brad thought. Besides, he was all grown up now. He could handle anything that came his way if he had to, including this old man. Sure belonged to my grandfather. He gave it to me on my sixteenth birthday. Of course, that was over a year ago, Brad said, expanding his chest proudly. Hmm. Devon held it to the light and let the sun flash off the polished case. The dial was white enamel with gold Roman numerals. A second hand swept around at the bottom of the face. I'd say this is one fine crackerjack of a watch, son. Mighty fine. He closed the lid, then opened it again and put it to his ear as the tune played. It's the finest watch made, 
Brad said. Says Elgin, right on the front. What's two young men like yourselves doing up here? Devon asked. Going to Cripple Creek, Brad said. Well, I figured that's where you must be going, seeing as that's where this train is headed. Got Ken there? No, sir, Danny replied. No, we want to see the town, Brad said. I read so much about it in the Denver Post that when I finally got the chance, I decided to see it firsthand. The Denver Post, you say? You from Denver? Greeley. We got a farm there. That where your folks are now? Yes, sir. We were going to Trinidad to spend a couple weeks with my Aunt Lucy and Uncle Bill. Then this is sort of a side trip for the two of you. That's right. I figured we could take the morning train out at...